From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Your long-haul truck, your RV, camper, taxi cab, that greasy spoon just off the I-90, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. What happens to our loved ones when they die? Uh, can we still communicate with them uh, after they've breathed their last? Before it happened to her, Kimberly Bouchard had never really even considered whether it was possible. So when this ordinary wife and mother started hearing from her father after he died, she was as surprised as anyone. Weaving together her personal stories with the messages she received, contact offers insight into the bonds that connect us as well as comfort and hope to anyone who are themselves grieving grieving the loss of a loved one. Again, she details her story in a new book entitled Contact, A Dad's Communication from the Other Side with His Daughter. Kimberly Bouchard, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Oh, hi, Richard. Thank you. I'm fine. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Uh, tell us about your dad. Who was he and um, uh, your relationship and, and then how you lost him? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, my dad uh, was one of my best friends here on this uh, planet, and uh, he was also a teacher. We had several uh, interests that uh, brought us together in conversation and, and doing things together, and uh, both my parents were a big part of uh, our family and uh, we had uh, a lot of fun together. He had a great sense of humor. And, you know, uh, unbeknownst to us, uh, he developed a brain tumor. And uh, after 15 months, seeing him age 30 years in front of our eyes, he passed away at 69. And But, you know, he um, actually he was a big listener of Art Bell's show. And uh, so he kind of got me into science, into thinking beyond the box, really. Um, but he was just a wonderful man, a, a stand-up guy. And uh, when he passed, uh, were, you, were you with him at the time? You know what? Unfortunately, our family wasn't. Uh, we were away on vacation, and we had been told that he was stable enough and that not to worry, and lo and behold... He did pass away uh, just the night before we were getting off, actually, our first cruise ship with our kids. So, yeah, it was a little tough. Uh, and then we started a very long journey, a three-and-a-half, four-day journey drive back home. And that's when some very significant things started to happen. <laughs> I, we'll get into that. But I just I just want to say, and, and you already know this, I'm sure, and many people have, uh, sometimes, you know, we, when we want to be there with... Uh, relatives we want to be there right to the end and and because we're there sometimes they hold on mm. and they want to go they want mm -hmm. to let go and sometimes you know when we when we leave them alone that then they have sort of they feel like they have permission to go i think that's what right. happens in a lot of cases and you know uh i was in touch when we realized that things were not going very well i uh, did call back home regularly and i did let him know that it's okay to go. Uh, the rest of the family was around, and I just, God forbid, didn't want him holding on and suffering because we weren't there. So I made sure that by phone, by email, that uh, he did know to, to go to go home. 
All right. And then as you, you say, uh, within a few days, three, four days, strange things started to happen. Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. the first thing? You know, there, there were several uh, things that, that started, and uh, I can either start with first sign or the first uh, visit. And, you know, I think for the sake of this uh, conversation, we'll start in chronological order. Uh, the first visit actually, believe it or not, started three months before he passed. Uh, in, um, he was in a comatose state, and he did come for a visit uh, to me to give us sort of a life review, our lives review together. Um, and I'm going to fast forward it now then to the first sign. So we were on the road, long drive back. I was beside myself, a lot of agony, a lot of anguish. Um, you know, just wanted to know where my dad was. And uh, so I made my husband pull over, went to a bookstore, just desperate to find something, anything. And, you know, I was reading uh, along. Uh, my husband was driving, and I did not tell him about my desire and my conversation, my inner voice with my dad, just asking for a sign, please, you know, anything to show me that you're okay as most of us that lose somebody will want some kind of measure of, uh, I guess, consolation that they are that they are okay. And I remember stopping at a page in a, my book and had you know thought, oh, I'm going to find a sign as soon as I look up, and uh, wasn't too disappointed because I thought that's kind of a, a, a tall order to right out of the gate ask for something. And I was reading, and 20 minutes later, my husband said, Kim, look out the, the side window there. And there, right in front of me, there was a billboard sign, black and white, that said, Life is short, eternity isn't God. And then I heard my dad chuckle, and he said, Well, you said a sign, didn't you? And that wow. was Wow, you heard that. You heard his voice. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And... You know, I never uh, shared any of this with the children for quite a while because I was kind of taken aback, actually. And as we progressed in our journey home, there were more and more things uh, as the days, as the weeks, as the months and years went by, things continued. Uh, there was something that I will tell you about very significant um, that still has my father uh, leaving for me. And I know there are other people that have things of this nature happening. I'm not too sure to what extent, but I, will, I would like to share with you. It's called the Nickel Saga, the beginning. And this was probably about six months later. But in the meanwhile, I mean, there had been a lot of other things going on that are, are in my book. But the Nickel Saga, the beginning, is pretty significant. We were heading out to one of our favorite campgrounds that... We had camped with my parents and actually was the last campground. Um, the night before, I'm like, okay, I want to hear from you again, Dad. Uh, I, I randomly pick, if you are around, please show me blue feathers and nickels together. Just something so way up, off the top uh, would be a very tall order. Uh, the next night, uh, we are camping. We are heading to the amphitheater to uh, watch the, the, sh- the program that they have in the parks, the provincial parks. And prior to that, I had made a quick pasta dinner and microwaved the tomato sauce. And this is fairly significant, the fact that I microwaved the tomato sauce with no problem. So we went to the amphitheater, 
and I just stopped in my tracks, Richard, because there on the stage was a feathered mascot. They were talking about birds, blue feathers, and a whole jar of coins with nickels in it sitting right there together. I'm like, what? You know, like, kind of like, what's going on here? And I'm Isn't like, that interesting? yeah, I think that's too easy, Dad. And actually, retrospect, that wasn't easy at all. So as we are going back to uh, the camper uh, after the show, I said, Dad, okay, listen, let's, uh, how about this? I made a deal with my dad. I said, listen, if you are around, you want to show me you're, you're around, I want to see a nickel in a very strange place, uh, unsuspecting place. We get back to the motorhome, ready to uh, play a board game, because it's still fairly early, uh, was microwaving some butter for the popcorn. All of a sudden, Richard, the microwave just started sparking like crazy. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? I tidy it up, thinking maybe something splattered on there from before, give it another go. Microwave's really sparking this time. So I go on my tiptoes, open the microwave, and start feeling around in the microwave. And Richard, in the very back of the microwave, was a nickel. Oh, oh, oh dear. Uh-huh. And I was, oh, uh, boy. I was shocked, actually. I was like, what the heck, you know? So that was the beginning. And I will tell you, every time my dad wants me to know he's around. I mean, there's other things that he will do for sure, but when there is nickel in a very strange, unsuspecting place, that is my dad's calling card. And boy, has he left some in unbelievable places. What, what is it with the dearly departed and loose change? I, I mean, know. I hear this over and over again. It's fascinating. I Listen, know. Kimberly, and, you uh, know, I didn't want to do pennies because I'm like, well, everybody finds pennies around. You know, <laughs> I didn't think that'd be significant enough. So I just, I really wanted to challenge him all, sure. all you know, right from the get-go. Got to take a quick time out, Kimberly. Stay sure. put. We'll be back in a moment. Contact sure. a dad's communication from the other side with his daughter, Kimberly Bouchard, my guest, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Uh, just a quick programming note. Next week on the program, uh, Dr. Lana Marconi, filmmaker. Uh, it's called The Resonance, and it's a documentary film featuring sort of a who's who of ufologists, including Dr. Stanton Friedman, our good friend Victor Vigiani, uh, along with uh, noted Canadian ufologist Grant Cameron and uh, the Honorable Paul Hellyer. Uh, in fact, I'll be uh, sort of presenting that uh, film, the debut, uh, later on this month, November the 21st. Uh, and also next week on the program, uh, George Freund, a popular uh, conspiracy podcaster from the Conspiracy Cafe, will talk about some Canadian federal election skullduggery uh, and paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley returns with her Paranormal News Roundup. All right, back to our conversation with Kimberly Bouchard, the author of Contact, a dad's communication from the other side with his daughter. Uh, I, I meant to ask you about the um, the the, uh, the appearance of these nickels. Uh, mm. You would ask for a sign and you would ask, you know, for these nickels. Now, how? what was the... What was the connection? Why did the, at, when you went to this amphitheater at this provincial park, why did they have this bucket of nickels on stage? Did you ever find uh, out? Well, I guess the university students that do the program uh, were hoping for some uh, donations or tips or, or whatever. 
and it just happened to be uh, something about birds and, and this mascot and blue feathers. And, you know, I, I just it just stopped me in my tracks. I was blown away. And then, and then I thought, okay, now there's, there's other coins in there. So I'm, I'm like, I've been, I'm a bit of a doubter. And so I, I kind of uh, thought I'm going to just clarify things here a little bit. And uh, so that's, that's why I narrowed it down to nickels. But yeah, that's, that's why that was there. Now, uh, do you have siblings, uh, Kimberly? I do. Yes. And, were you? I mean, I know you didn't tell your children right away, but what about your siblings? Were they having any similar experiences? You know, um, the only thing that I know of is my sister. Uh, about a year or two ago, had um, a little bit of a, a contact. Uh, my mom a few times, uh, my nephew a little bit, and my youngest son had uh, contact with uh, twice. With, uh, communicated with my dad. Um, actually, he and I shared um, a night visit from my dad, and uh, then the rest of my uh, my children were privy to seeing things after they, you know, found out after a while. But uh, I'm primarily the one having all the communication. And Richard, it did bother me at first because I'm thinking, why me? You know, what the heck? Uh, there's a few of us um, that he could communicate with, I guess, I'm thinking, but I don't quite know how it works. Well, was there a special bond? I mean, no, no one mm. likes to think that, you know, they're the, you're the favorite or whatever, but was oh, there a special bond really? with you and your dad? Or? I would never say that. Uh, you know what? We just, we had a really good relationship, and not saying that he didn't have it with, with my brother and sisters, but I can only speak for myself that, you know, we had a great time, and, and uh, they, we would always go on vacation. We'd have our folks with the kids, and um, sort of the more the merrier, and I, I, I would think that maybe because I'm a bit more open to this, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I can't even figure it out. I just kind of rolled with it after a while, not try not to feel bad or guilty about it because ultimately um, I would share uh, a little bit with my mom for sure and, and my husband, and then uh, with one of my sisters, a couple of my sisters, that I would share a little bit, but. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before your dad, me, I guess. Before your dad passed, and even before he was sick, you mentioned that you know something that that, that the two of you shared was sort yeah. of a, a love for you know Art Bell and the old coast to coast radio. Did you ever discuss with him, maybe even in a sort of a, a, a kidding fashion, that you know if you you know, or he said to you, if I when I go, I will. If there's any way of reaching out to you, I will. I'll try. You know what, um, Richard? I so wish I could have gone back to talk about that. I actually didn't because, unfortunately, the brain tumor just had him. And, you know, I will share with you something, though, that, um, the, as I said, three months before he left us, he was in a coma for about a week. And I didn't quite know what was going on this one evening. Uh, it felt like my dad was kind of, for lack of a better word, is trying to get inside my head. And the following night, he managed to come visit me. And we, I don't know, for some reason, we as human beings just aren't always open. To, like, I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. And the only way maybe to re, to get to me in, a, in, a, in an actual visit was for me to be asleep. And I'll never forget this. He was sitting on a stump in the forest. I was sitting on a log, and he was whittling away, and we were 
chatting and we were going through our life together and there was actually a screen just hanging in midair that we'd refer to and we kept talking about our life and then referring back to the screen. And at that time, I had no idea. I thought, oh, this is just a dream. You know, I wasn't too sure what the significance was, but I was very, I felt very comforted actually. And dad had reassured me things are going to be tough, but, but they will be okay. And it wasn't until a few days after that that I ended up calling my mom. I said, hey, mom, has dad ever whittled before? Because I thought that was a very strange thing for him to do. And she said, yeah, he used to whittle all the time. Why? Mm. And then I told her. And the significance of that I took is that I had to verify. I had to validate what he was doing because I wouldn't have known about it. I wouldn't have had an idea. But he needed me to verify with my mom that, hey, that was him. And he was doing something he loved. And I think the second thing is that I shared that with my husband, and I think Dad was kind of checking, maybe testing the waters to see if I'd have the support of my husband, which I did. He thought it was pretty cool. But again, I had no idea what was going on. I just sort of thought this was a random whatever. I, I, I'm, you know, even in the eleventh hour of finishing my book, I was still kind of doubting and thinking, what in the world has been going on here? You know, just questioning it all. Uh- Okay, so let's just, I mean, I could listen to these stories all night because, I, and I'm sure many people are the same, you know, the, the, the drawing a great deal of, of, of comfort uh, from all of this. And it, it's fascinating uh, to hear these these stories. You mentioned, you know, the the, uh, the nickels, uh, the appearance of the nickels. Uh, give us a few more. Sure. Um, well, I will tell you about uh, the nickel sag, uh, well, I'll call it nickels in Texas. And uh, I had taking the children uh, to a competition, a dance competition in, in Dallas where my uncle and godfather, my dad's brother, uh, lived. And we were uh, heading out on the, it's called the DART, the, the Dallas uh, Transit. And in order for you, you had to get tickets. And so they would be 25 cent increments. So we put in our change, bought our tickets, and we're getting our change back. And uh, by this time, the kids had known, you know, the significance of a nickel. And they, uh, they they saw what came out of the machine, and they just looked at me with their eyes uh, quite wide. But there, in amongst the quarters, was a lone nickel. So th- there shouldn't be a nickel right, in, right. with my change, you know. There was only quarters supposed to appearing. Um, and I'll share one that is uh, got a little bit of humor uh, involved in it, and I'm, uh, because as a busy mom with three kids and a husband, laundry, gosh, everybody's oh, talisman, I think. I was looking for um, actually a clean pair of underwear this particular day, and uh, at that time I had kept a turquoise uh, little book by my bed um, to record different stories um, or, or keep it in my purse even so that I, ne- I never knew when my dad was really going to come out and, and let me know he was around. At any rate, I was just beside myself because I had to be somewhere and I was not finding what I needed. And uh, this particular day, I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to move the couch in our, in our bedroom. We had a fairly large uh, bedroom at the time. I never moved this couch because why, why do we move couches, really, unless we're putting up the Christmas tree or something? So I moved this couch there under this couch that I move maybe once a year. Uh, besides the dust bunnies, there was my coiled blue book with a pair of clean underwear on top and a oh, shiny new nickel on wow. top of that. Oh, get out of town. Get yeah. out of town. 
Oh, I'll tell you another uh, quick nickel one um, because there are there are lots of other stories, but the, another nickel one. Uh, we are big Disney fans, and of course they keep things spotless in the rooms. And uh, this one particular time back to Florida, actually I think it was one of our first times back, maybe the year after Dad had passed away, and uh, we unlocked the door. Our room had just been made up. I went and claimed uh, the bed that my husband and I would be sharing, and Richard, right beside the lamp of the side of the bed uh, that I chose, was a single nickel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you oh, know, it's, it, 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 it's, you know, in my book, I actually have a photo of the bag of nickels because it, it, it still continues. It's, um, it's overwhelming sometimes in how they're presented, for sure. Uh, aside from the nickels, I mean, you yeah. mentioned one time you, you heard your father's voice yeah. saying, did you see the sign? Yeah. Uh, were there other moments when you, 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 you heard your father's voice? You know what? I did. It was, um, quite loud, very distinctive, uh, saying, uh, my, my shortened version of my name, Kim. And it, it was interesting because. I thought it was my husband calling from the other room, the actual, the, the bathroom. And, uh, because it sort of sounded, um, airy, a little bit whispery, but it was very clear. And it sort of sounded like it was coming from far away, like as if he would be, you know, I would get the sound from the vent in the other room. And I, I was like, what, what do you want? You know, is everything okay? And he's like, I didn't say anything. Uh, because it was a man's voice and, and it didn't dawn on me until it's like, oh, Hey, Dad. <laughs> you know, that's you. Uh, so that, yeah, that was that was kind of neat, and it, it never frightened me. I just kind of, I'd always be taken aback or or a little surprised or bewildered, and um, and that that definitely would chalk it up, you know, for surprise because I I didn't expect that at all to happen. Uh, it happened to me once. My father passed nearly thirty years ago. Oh, uh, I was. Um, in the bathroom, the ensuite of our bedroom, and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, one of my functions around the house is to kill spiders. Oh. <laughs> so uh, the mighty Aphrodite was in the in the bedroom, and she goes, you know, she would just point up and say, "Spider." So I knew that those were my marching orders. So I got mm-hmm. out of the bed into the bathroom, and I grabbed some tissue, some toilet paper, actually. Yeah. Uh, and as I'm leaving the bathroom, I heard my father's voice. Clear as day, matter-of-factly, the once and only time I've heard him say, wet it first. Meaning, wet the toilet paper. And that's exactly what my father would have said. Wet the toilet paper first before you get the spider. And I didn't even skip a beat. I just, yep, you're right. I turned on my heels, went back in, wet the uh, tissue, the toilet paper. Isn't uh, that funny? Then came into the uh, bedroom and told the mighty Aphrodite, I just heard my dad. And I wasn't scared. It was just, well... You know, a little bit of uh, fatherly advice. Yeah. You know, and, and some people have asked me if I've been scared ever. I have never been scared. Uh, it's, it's, and I'm a bit, bit of a fraidy cat, too. Um, I, I, I don't know why I'm not scared. I guess maybe because it's, it's not what, what he presents to me and what he does, what he, what he, he it's not frightening for me. I, I just, I can feel him and it gives me just a lot of comfort and, and so, I'm not afraid either. I just think that's so cool because I want to say, Richard, I know I'm not the only one experiencing this. I don't know to the extent of of others, and that's one of the reasons why 
I've got a second book, um, writing other people's stories. Uh, and uh, it, this is going to be a series because I don't want people to be afraid of either telling somebody that they have heard from their loved one or, you know, continue to hear from their loved ones. I, I want them to be okay with it and know that it's okay and, and know that they're around us, you know, and that's and it's so candid of them. You know, it's, it doesn't have to big be any big bruja thing. It's, it's just, you know, telling you what right, to do right. with a spider. I'll remember that next time I see a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any scents... Uh, smells, scents that you associated with your father? I don't know if he smoked a pipe or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't smoke anything, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because I have smelt him a couple of times when I've been in my parents' home. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't uh, live uh, in uh, near near their house anymore in Canada. So I haven't uh, smelt him anymore, but... I do feel him when he is around. I, I do. Gosh, um, if if you have a if we are not going on a break right away, I will share with you uh, something that was pretty significant. Um, well, we've got I, about three minutes, so we can at least start the story, and then if we need to carry it over, we will. Okay, sure. You know, um, we we would accompany my mom to morning mass once in a while, the kids and I, uh, during the week, and. Uh, I'll never forget, it was probably about, I would say, a couple of years even, no, not even two years after Dad had passed, and I was sitting in the pew, and honestly, Richard, I could feel my dad slide into the pew beside me, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm start to talk to him, and I, you know, from the beginning, I used to speak out loud, but it just gets too tedious, so I use my inner voice, because I can speak quicker, and he usually reacts faster than I can even get a thought out. But I was saying, you know, I really miss you, and I just wish you were here physically. And he's like, well, I'm going to just hang around for a while and just check in, see how things are going. And I was kind of having this little argument saying, it's not good enough. You know, I want you here physically. I, you know, it, it's just not the same. And uh, Richard, probably about five minutes later, my middle uh, child, my son, said, Mommy, look. And I'm starting to poke my head around him thinking it's somebody you know he's trying to point out in the pew and he's like no he goes look up now in that church probably it's about oh, 30 feet up the or, or more um, there are long cylindrical lights on probably 10 foot cables there are no windows that open in the church there's save for a couple of doors you know to come in and he point he's pointing up and richard the light above our family was going in a 10-foot diameter circumference. It hmm. was unbelievable. Like a spotlight. Like a spotlight. And, yeah, it was moving above us. And Dad, I heard Dad say, well, I told you I was going to hang around for a while. Oh, and boy. I really wish I could have come to my senses and, and poked my mom and said, Mom, what, you know, but I didn't. It was just my son and I that watched it for about five minutes and and I was I was I was pretty surprised and, and at that time um, you know my kids were aware that grandpa kind of visited us and, and did things and I definitely told everybody after about what happened and my my son could concur yeah this, this life. and that's why I actually I didn't have a photo of that to put in my book but I did um, managed to take a photo of it of the church and the light just to show 
the height and there's no way, there's no other explanation of why that light would be moving around us. Contact. A dad's communication from the other side with his daughter. Kimberly Bouchard stays with us, and we'll talk more on the other side. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Kimberly Bouchard stays with us, uh, talking about uh, contact, communications uh, from her late father. Uh, and now, how long ago did your father pass? He passed away, actually it was six years ago on September 11th. And uh, so the book itself was five and a half years in the writing, uh, and I released it uh, September 11th. I, I just wanted that date to be the publication date and you know Richard I had no idea I was going to be writing a book let alone one of this nature no idea I I you know when these things started happening I thought well, I'm going to just kind of make a note of of them you know because I, I just I wasn't too sure what was going on but it was kind of interesting and uh, it was probably uh, it was probably a good year after that I thought hmm there's there's something up with this, you know. There's, these are too many coincidences. So um, that's when I started thinking, I'm going to take a bit better notes of, of the things going on. And, you know, life just kind of takes off on you, especially when you have three kids. And so I just kept making notation and, and recording things as they, sometimes as they happen or a couple of days later. And then I thought, you know, it, with all the peace and comfort that it brought me, I thought, I'm going to share this. Uh, this is something that, you know, for, for me, I, I don't know how, how people handle the loved ones, their loss. Uh, for me, it was, oh, it was such agony and such anguish. I didn't think I was going to survive, to be honest with you. It was, it was awful. It was the first, uh, significant loss in my life. And, uh, so, I found this comfort and peace every single time my dad would communicate with me or make contact with me. And I thought, okay, I know what I'm going to do. And that's when I decided to write the book because the, my bottom line is, is I want to bring some healing and peace to people surviving. I say surviving, going through a, a loss of a loved one. And uh, that's, how it all started. So it's been six years. Uh, yes. Does it? Do, do these communications continue? Have they intensified? Yes. Have they waned? Oh yeah. Yes, they do. And you know, it's interesting you ask that because once the book was completed, when it was sent for its editing, I did start thinking, hmm, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm just supposed to write this book, and that is it. And no, it's not it. Uh, there's some very. Oh, unbelievable things going on uh, primarily the nickels but in situations that are mind-boggling truly uh, and I think that dad just wants to keep that open communication I mean we we talked a lot when he was on this planet and I think that he still wants to be a part of my life and I'm okay with that. Uh, now, 
I'm not sure how things happen on the other side. I'm not sure any of us are totally convinced or, or, or aware of what happens on the other side. But, I mean, it's, if he is still communicating with you, does that yeah. not suggest maybe that he is, at least in some part, earthbound? Oh, no. No? No. Uh, not at all, actually. But, uh, you know, something that I am gaining, I, I guess, an impression of more uh, is that he he's very happy where he is and you know if you think about it think of a a, a love connection your 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 to your children um, that is so strong and i'm not only just saying i'm just for for sake of uh, an uh, uh, example here my dad loved and cared for his family very much and i believe that once he got on the other side and he's doing he's doing his thing but he doesn't want to lose that connection in the sense that he wants us to know that he is still around he's watching over us he's gu- guarding us guiding us for what have you uh that connection doesn't end that 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 relationship does not end and i'm i'm still surprised so surprised at so many things that have that have happened, and he is not earthbound. He is quite quite fine where he's at, but he wants me to know, and and I'm sure the rest of our family that, you know, he's waiting for us. He's he's okay. He's 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 doing fine, but he's he's not earthbound. Um, I think that would be another type of contact or communication because. My communication with him, sometimes it can be on a daily basis for a few days out of a week. Definitely I hear from him now. Well, earlier when he passed, gosh, there'd be several times in a day, uh, you know, every week, uh, then maybe a few times every month. Now I would say probably because I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with his passing. Things are fine in my life. Uh, I'm not distressed about it. Uh, I think you, I could honestly say I hear from him a few times a month. And the, the, has he ever given you a sense? I mean, I, I'm not sure if these come in, these communications come in just short little spurts or has there been more of a lengthy communication where he's been able to express to you what things are like on the other side? Oh, you know, um, I, ha- it's interesting because I haven't asked him like how it is over there. I, I do know from what I'm feeling from him and gathering that, uh, it's pretty great actually, uh, hanging around with the people that you love, uh, and, and friends and, and family members doing the things that you love with absolutely no fear or anxiety or worries. That sounds pretty great to me. Uh, so he's, he's pretty happy. Um, I don't feel like uh, asking and, and kind of demanding what it's like over there uh, is, is absolutely necessary for him to relay what he needs to relay to me for my my own comfort or peace of mind. Uh, now watch, he'll come visit me tonight and tell me all about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um We'll head into a break here on the other side. We'll uh, continue this uh, conversation. We have one more segment ahead of us. Kimberly Bouchard is with us. Contact the dad's communication from the other side with his daughter.
Back with more. Stay with us. Conspiracy Show. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, a few moments remain with Kimberly Bouchard, the author of Contact, a dad's communication from the other side with his daughter. Um, obviously, when we lose someone, we feel uh, a, you know, pain, a great loss, an emptiness, uh, a hole in our heart. Um, do, it, do you think or do you know uh, or has it been communicated to you that that at least initially they the, the departed also feel that loss of connection with us? You know, Richard, I think it's more that they are caring about us and know how we're feeling. They're they're hey, they made it home. They're they're fine. I don't believe they are feeling any pain of loss, but I know that they care for us and know that we are definitely uh, feeling that. And I think that in knowing that, they they do want to communicate with us. And one of the things that I've learned in in talking with other people as well, um, again, I say I'm I'm not the only one experiencing this, but I'm pretty darn sure that most people will have had a sign of their, uh, you know, telling that, letting them know that their their loved one is okay, and maybe just haven't paid attention to it. Uh, it's it's really important for them to make sure that their loved ones trying they're trying to ease our grief, really, uh, letting us know that they're okay. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I guess we all kind of have to go through loss. There's so many losses uh, in life that we have to learn to survive and go through but you no know, they're not they're not feeling any pain but they're very aware of our pain yeah i mean and, and and imagine like not being able to you know uh from the other side if you're if you're if you're witnessing the pain of those that you've left behind that right i don't know i i i guess from from this side of the plane <laughs> my yeah. perspective would be that would that must be very difficult you can't because you can't physically interact with these people, you can't yeah. hug them or, you know, dry their tears. That, but I suppose I guess the the this this um, this love that you, that, you, that one feels uh, on the oh. other side, I guess, just compensates for all of that. Mm. You know, and and one thing that that is something I've learned too is, holy cow, the strongest the strongest power, Richard, is love, because, you know, when when they pass. They they still love us. That does not end. As I said before, that relationship doesn't end. And people have asked me, well, how you know how can I communicate or you know whatever. Um, and I think people need to realize that you know when you love someone, um, that love does not die. And to acknowledge your loved ones, like it's just like we like to be acknowledged here, they're in a different playing now so they they want to still be acknowledged and to be open to them and invite them into your life uh, and and I do know Richard you know I was very blessed to have a great dad and a, and a wonderful relationship with, with him here and I also understand and recognize that some people have not had the best relationships um, with with those that they they possibly loved you know and so with that, I always tell people, you know, um, just forgive them because they have forgiven you and they wait for you. 
and they're now love. And that's the bottom line. It, it's, it's, it's enormous in its simplicity, truly. Uh, and, and for those that, that maybe have, uh, have wanted to hear uh, yeah. from the other side and have not, I mean, do you have any suggestions how, how they might facilitate that? Other than you mentioned welcoming them, welcoming them into your life. But uh, are there any yeah. steps one can take? You know what? Um, I say just start the conversation and then watch for the signs and you will know. You will know. I, I, you know, I just actually talked to uh, a neighbor, uh, uh, the son of a neighbor that had just passed away, and I told him about the book, and he said, you know, he goes, cause his dad, we were around that neighborhood when his dad passed away a year and a half ago. He said, I can't believe, he goes, the car alarm went off in the garage. And uh, he said, when, when dad died, and he goes, and the same thing happened when mom just passed away, which was actually a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's them. You know, it worked the first time, so they're going to do it the second time. And and, and so it, it's going to be noticeable. It's going to take you off guard. Um, maybe you're going to hear uh, a song that was uh, specific between you and that person, uh, something that will jog you into thinking about them is they're kind of poking you from the other side. Uh so, I mean, there's no real step-by-step. It's so different and it's so personal for everyone. But just start the conversation. Just say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you. Uh, I'm, I'm here. It, you know, could you, you know, show me you're okay. Show me a sign. And, you know, I then say to watch, just to watch and, and be aware, be open to them. You mentioned a song, and I'm, I'm speaking now to my uh, my producer Albert. Do you remember Albert? Uh, I'm not sure who I can't remember who the guest was, but we had someone on the program, and he was talking about his his brother who passed away, oh. and his brother uh, um, loved Lawrence Welk. Oh, and now, and he said to me, "Try to think the last time you heard Lawrence Welk played on the radio." And I could mm. honestly say, "I've never heard Lawrence Welk played on the radio. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't on TV. Think... He was the TV guy, you know, a yeah, one, yeah, a two, yeah. a three. Yeah. And he said. Um, uh, a, a few weeks after his father passed, and he was thinking about his brother and thinking, "I wish I could have a sign." What do you think came on the radio? Lawrence Welk. Uh, Lawrence Welk. Isn't he, that cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you know, um, there there has been. A, uh, I'll I'll tell you one thing that had happened with us. Uh, we were back in Florida, and our rental car. I just turned on the radio for the first time after about a week there, and there was Dad's song playing, and it was his song that had uh, been uh, part of his uh, presentation of his uh, at his uh, funeral, and it just blew us away because it was a very appropriate song, and it just came on, you know, out mm-hmm. of nowhere, uh, but. It, it, they, you know, they, they reach out in so many ways. I, I mean, I've had coins. I've had things move. I've had uh, things put in my path. I've heard songs. I've smelt him. I've heard him. Uh, I've had significant visits from him while I'm sleeping. And I've actually shared a significant visit with my youngest son the same night with my dad. Can you share that, that with us? That was pretty cool. While time remains, can you share that visit with us that you had with your son? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, we share back-to-back birthdays, and um, my dad came to me in my dream. He started out old, glided across, and became young again, and he typically uh, is, is in his late 30s or early 40s, just very healthy, robust, and uh, 
wished me a happy birthday. We chatted for a bit, and uh, the next day, I woke up my birthday boy, and he said, Mommy, he goes, Grandpa came to me last night. I'm like, what are you talking about? I hadn't heard that before, and he said, yeah, but he goes, he started out old, and he glided towards me. I'm like, holy cow. So I'm listening to this, and he's like, yeah, he goes, he was talking, he was trying to tell me, you know, don't give up, and, uh, you know, stay stay with the dancing, and things will be okay. And he said, but then he said, at the end, he said, oh, I've got to go wish your mom a happy birthday now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. you know, and, and I mean, there's so many more things in the book. There's 37 chapters, so I've, I've shared some of the stories, but in, in the abridged version, for sure. But yeah, that just, uh, I mean, how can you explain that? You can't. There is no explanation. It was just Dad coming to visit us on our birthdays, and it was my night and his, my son's morning of, of our birthdays and, together. And six years later, the conversation, communication uh, continues. Yeah. And you, uh, now you're writing this, uh, the second book, and this, yeah. this, these are stories that are coming to you. How are these stories coming to you? Friends, neighbors, are you soliciting them online? You know what? I, in the back of my book, I ask people if they want to share uh, their stories with me just to fire me an email. I hear from friends of friends that know about my book. Uh, when people find out it's the type of book I'm reading, holy cow, they, they start telling me things, and I'm like, okay, I've got to record you. So, yeah, Contact 2, T-O-O, uh, will be out uh, late spring of next year, and it's other people's stories as well as a few of mine, of course, sprinkled in there as well because this still continues. But I, uh, it is a series, and I want uh, people to, again, get some healing from other people's stories as well as let people tell their story. And uh, any, are you finding any sort of similarities between the stories you're hearing uh, from other people about their dearly departed and, and your experiences? Other you know what? I, I, you would think maybe I'd have some similar stories, but I don't. It, some of them are, are just, it's, it's absolutely wild. Uh, and again, it's such a personal thing. People... Um, in, in their loved ones, you know, in their lives, uh, interacting on this earth, we all interact differently with, with our loved ones. So is it from the other side. Uh, I, I do see, um, you know, stuff with electricity, kind of there's some similarities in that, but, but the way, you know, their loved ones go about it is very different than the way my dad has gone about it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I'm 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 curious to know. I mean, I'm not finished the book yet, but I'm hoping that uh, there will be something uh, somewhat like mine, uh, some of mine, anyways. But you know, who's to know? We'll, we'll see what what happens. Any, who's going to come forward with their stories? Any stories of partial or full-on apparitions? You know what? No. <laughs> see, I am. Uh, a bit of a scary cat. I don't watch horror movies or anything, and and I dad knows that, and I I really think that if he did that, I would be pretty freaked out, to be honest with you. Um, so he kind of makes it easier on me, and so when I do get visits while I'm asleep, that is very. Um, I'm, I'm very aware of what I'm saying to him. I remember my conversation as far as my side of it. Uh, he's always coming to me young, healthy. Uh, sometimes when he's visiting me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I haven't seen you for so long, you know, I'm, and you're not dead, yay, you know. And, and so we will start talking and catching up. But I, I, 
I've had other things happen where um, he, I, you know, I've I've asked for him to just kind of keep me comforted, you know, getting to a strange city, a strange hotel with my kids. My husband's on the other side of the world and asking dad, you know, can you just keep keep me company tonight? And I'm not even finished what I'm saying. And he sh- turns on the bathroom light. And um, so those are things, you know, that I asked for that happened. But I really, I think, Richard, I, I don't know if I can handle him just appearing in front of me. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe I will be able to. Maybe that's coming up in a few months or next week or a year. I don't know. All right. Well, hold on to your hat. Uh, Kimberly, a great pleasure, and thank you thank so much for you. spending some time with us. Enjoyed it thoroughly. KimberlyBouchard.com, and it's Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, Bouchard, B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D, KimberlyBouchard.com, or just go to strangeplanet.ca and click on Kimberly's name, and uh, that'll take you right to her website. Again, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Good night. All right. Back next week uh, with a brand new show. Uh, I mentioned earlier, of course, that we'll have uh, uh, Dr. Lana Marconi uh, talking about her new film, The Resonance, about uh, UFOs, ETs, and much more. I mean, there's so much packed into this documentary. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I'll be presenting it uh, down at the U of T on November the 21st. And also next week, George Freund will drop by from Conspiracy Cafe to talk about skullduggery with our latest federal election. Wait till you hear this one. And uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley will drop by with another Paranormal News Roundup. Thank you, Albert. Thank you to Ian. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.